It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Love Ladies right here on The Bridge, Austin, 101.1 FM, 1120 AM. Today's Christian Talk. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and I am delighted to have you with us today. Here in 2023, we are celebrating all things good and lovely and holy and wonderful. And I am with my two beautiful co-hosts, Kathy Endebrock and Marlene. McMichael. Uh, welcome, ladies. Hello, Marlene. How are you today? Uh, well, I would say I'm good, but I've, I've been a little bit under the weather, so um, I'm a little bit froggy today. My <laughs> voice got deeper. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think you sound fantastic. You've just moved from, you know, an alto to a tenor, and, uh, you know, that's that's okay. That's okay. That's a good radio voice, Marlene. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kathy. Welcome. Good to see you today. Hi, Hi Coach Carrie. It is great to be with you guys today. I'm so excited about um, the guest that we have on. I just... Marlene has has worked with her in the past, and uh, she has just spent some time uh, scheduling her to be with us this morning and um, just really looking forward to today's program. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we finished up December. We we went through our series on Advent, um, which we've done the last couple of years, but in very different ways. And um, back on December 17th, we had Senator Birdwell on the program. And so if you missed that program, you can go back into our podcast, which I am loving. It's so easy to send this to my friends, my family, um, our, our podcast is on anywhere where you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and you can find us. Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk. You'll see our bright, shiny faces right there, and you can go back and download and catch all of our programs um, from our podcast or our archives at Love Talk Network. And today we have another senator on the program today, and we are just delighted to be talking politics. I love that Marlene um, has just this vast history um, and Marlene you sure have taught me so much and you're really taking the lead today Marlene and I, we just thank you for setting all of this up I want to go ahead and get right into one of our key verses for today Mark 10:45. for even the son of God did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and you know Marlene we have some great public servants we do. Um, in the state of Texas, well, in our country, but also for sure in the state of Texas. So what a very uh, applicable ber- verse for today, for sure. And, you know, I wanted to ask Marlene something because, you know, today's program, when we're talking about politics, I know some of our listeners are like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Well, <laughs> I promise you today's program is both inspiring and encouraging. Yes. And Marlene, when I think about a public servant, I obviously think about uh, your daughter, Cara McMichael. And the fact that today is National Dress Up Your Pet Day, oh I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, Cara is definitely going to be posting a picture of King Yofi, her very special pup. Um, in some garb. I'm looking forward to seeing that somewhere on Facebook today. Dress up your pet day. I have a chocolate lab. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to dress him up today. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, Kathy, the fact that you know that is just astounding to me. But, um, yes, Cara will probably have some uniform or something on Yofi when um, – and it'll probably be all over Facebook, but yes. Oh, we're going to have to check <laughs> okay, that out. Okay, you want to know something else I know that it's almost disturbing, and I almost purposefully skip over this day, is that yesterday on January 13th, it was National Clean Off Your Desk Day, and mm. so I very purposefully missed that day. If it's okay to miss stuff. Sometimes it's a, it's a blessing to miss things, so I very purposefully missed the National Clean Up Your Desk Day. Okay. I hope some of our listeners let that slide, too. Kathy, but I always feel so much better when I clean it up. You know, that means I've taken care of my business. You know, I've checked some things off my list. Um, but it does sit there for a long time before I do it. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. Well, I know in order to clean up my desk, I have to get my shredder out. Oh, and yeah, then yeah, I yeah. start shredding things. And then my shredder inevitably gets full. And I have to empty it. And then I have little pieces of con- Betty everywhere, and I have to get out the vacuum cleaner. And, oh, okay, yesterday was not the day to deal with that. I still have Christmas ornaments up, y'all. I'm just kind of 
resting and enjoying the start of 2023. Hey, you know what, though? Also last month, we interviewed my former player, Nikki Lawrence, who played for me at Blinn College, and she's now a president at Black & Decker, and you know what I got for Christmas? I got a Uh, dustbuster. Wow. (laughs) I sure did. I got a Black & Decker dustbuster, and I have used that thing every day since I got it. (laughs) I love it. So um, you need one, Kathy, to clean up your little shredding confetti after you take care of your cleaning off your desk since it was National Clean Off Your Desk Day. I definitely, I'm so noted, noted. (laughs) Marlene, uh, why don't you go ahead and and talk us through what's going on today, our special guest. Well, we do have a very special guest, and and, um, the verse was very uh, appropriate because uh, this lady has served the state for many years and is a um, both admirable uh, legislator, but also a leader in the legislature. And so I want to just kind of give a little bit of background, and and my co-hosts know that I've spent many years of my career working in and around the Texas legislature. I wasn't an elected member, but I was staff at one point and then also a government affairs specialist. And that spanned a few decades, but one of the people that I met, and there were many legislators I met, but this is a a person that um, I greatly admire. I've seen grow in in stature in the legislature. She started in the Senate. I mean, I'm sorry, she started in the House in 2001, and this is Senator Lois Kokorst. She is now Senator for Senate District 18, but she started in the House in 2001, was there for 13 years, and then in 2014 she was elected in a special election to the Senate, representing Senate District 18, which covers part of 18 counties, and includes nearly one million constituents. She is married to her high school sweetheart, Jim, and together they have two children, Lois, Kate, and Jake. Um, as the current chair of Senate, the Senate Committee on Health and Human Services, Senator Colcourse sets public health policies and oversees physicians and licensed health professionals. She is... Um, has led the Texas Senate through the COVID-19 pandemic and created new initiatives that improve women's health and maternal mortality rates. But she's not just chair of uh, this one committee in the Senate. She is actually on 16 different committees. Oh, my. So she is a very busy lady. And um, not only that, but she volunteers in her church, and she likes to hunt and fish and garden, and I don't know how she does all that or how she has the energy for all of that. <laughs> but uh, she has passed legislation that impacts every code in the Texas law, ranging from increased government transparency to fighting human trafficking. And in response, she's won many, many accolades. So in short, if you do the math, that's 20-plus years in the legislature, 18 counties, 1 million constituents, 16 committees, and um, she's just an amazing leader in our state. She has a history uh, and a, a genealogy that puts her way back in Texas Revolution, uh, and I'm going to let her talk about that. But welcome, Senator. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Marlene. It's great to be a part of the show. Coach Kerry, Kathy. Uh, I'm so honored that y'all would ask and let me be a part of Love Talk today. And uh, it just, I loved listening to y'all open with scripture. Uh, before we started the program, we prayed together. And uh, just, uh, it just fills my heart with joy. Now, I will tell you that um, National Clean Off Your Desk Day is probably not going to go very well for me either. So, uh, <laughs> just, just saying. Well, Senator, that, that actually brings up, uh, in my mind, um, um, Representative L.B. Kubiak. Do you remember um, Dr. Kubiak? Well, the way that he, because I worked for him for a couple of years, and uh, the way that he did this was he his, his desk literally would pile high. And then about every six weeks, he'd just take his arm and push it all off into the trash can. Oh, and my. That was his clean off his desk day. So. Oh, that would cause me great stress <laughs> and anxiety. <laughs> he figured if he didn't need it in six weeks, he didn't need it. <laughs> I'm too much of a control freak to do that. <laughs> and that was before we had archived everything electronically. So I that's know. impressive. Wow. Impressive. 
Wow. Well, Senator Kolkhorst, um, we are so grateful to have you today. Uh, I think just to start off the program, could you tell us a, a little bit more? You know, Marlene told us that you are uh, have a great history, your family history from Texas. Could you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how that was, you know, are your Texas upbringing has impacted your life? Yeah, thanks so much for that question. Um my goodness, I grew up in a uh, middle-class family. My my mom and dad uh, were my dad from Washington County here in Brenham. My mom down the road from Hempstead. My dad served in World War II in the Navy. Uh, he ended up uh, being a dental assistant there in the Navy. He didn't know anything about dentistry, and when he came home, he became a dentist. And uh, he uh, met my mom actually at a Blinn College football game. All right. From a distance and said to somebody, who is that? I'm going to marry her. And so uh, they started a family together. They were both only children. So they made a commitment to each other that they were going to have as many children as they could afford. They had decided on three. I was the surprise at four, but um, (laughs) happy to make it into the world and grew up here in Brenham, Texas. So I do have ancestral roots on my mom's side going all the way back to uh, the War of Independence here, and so I'm sixth-generation Texan. We go further back. We actually even go to the American Revolution on her side. My dad's family came as German immigrants back in the day in the uh, very typical 1880s, but grew up here in Brenham, went to public school. We um, attended church regularly, uh, was confirmed a Lutheran, uh, baptized in my father's church as a Lutheran, and just want to say that it, it it really was fantastic to grow up. I, I, I compliment my parents all the time in that um, they were such loving parents. They were demanding. I mean, we we worked hard. My dad worked really hard. He was a dentist, and he worked six days a week. He worked on Saturdays. He saw patients on Saturdays. And so um, he believed in providing for his family. My mom it was a graduate of Southwestern University. She ended up being a stay-at-home mom. I love that. But she was very involved civically, always giving back to the community. My dad was a Blend College trustee. So I grew up in a family that had a servant attitude. And uh, I think that's what eventually led me to want to run for office. But I was the baby of four, three girls, one boy. And we were competitive. Sports was a huge part of our life. Uh, loved. Uh, I ended up being a college athlete at TCU. How about those Horn Frogs? Go Frogs! Go Frogs! Uh, Go Frogs! Great, great, great run in, in football this year. But um, all of that was a part of my life. But at the very heart and soul of what I think my parents did best was they had traditional family values. Um, they were. Uh, that they demanded from us. I mean, we were expected to make great grades in school. We were expected to compete. If we, if whatever we did, we did with excellence. And you put your heart and soul into it. But at the core of that was a Christian family. Um, my parents were very founded in their faith, and they passed that on to us. And I'm forever grateful. Mm. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you and I have a lot in common, Senator Colcourse, uh, with my time that uh, my husband and I spent in Brenham. Oh, my stars. We loved our time in Brenham. And then, of course, we left Brenham and came over here to Georgetown, and I was uh, the women's basketball coach at Southwestern. So I'm going to have to go back in the archives and look your look your mama up in some of those old cheerleading pictures. Uh, since she was a cheerleader at Southwestern, I... I, th- I just think that's really, really neat. So um, it sounds like our our ties run run in, run parallel there, which is kind of kind of interesting. It really is. You coaching at Blend and then being at Southwestern. Rumor has it that you were the NCAA coach of the year. Uh, well, so that, put that out for your listeners. <laughs> that that rumor is true. Funny how many rumors are true. Y'all are too kind to me. You're too kind to me. You know, uh, Senator, we do have to take a, a quick break here and recognize our sponsors who we are so grateful to have with us. Where many of these sponsors have been with Love Talk, um, with our uh, founder and our mentor, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, for 
over 35 years, going on 37 years now. I just, I can't even believe it. So we're so grateful and thankful that they have chosen to sponsor Love Talk. And we are grateful to be here on the air every Saturday with you at 10 a.m. And of course, on our archives and our podcast. Friends, oh my goodness, Senator. And welcome back, friends. You are listening to Love Talk on the Bridge Austin Today's Christian Talk. I'm Kathy Endebrock. I'm in here uh, in studio with my beautiful co-host Marlene McMichael and coach Carrie Brinkader. We have amazing, uh, an amazing guest with us, uh, Senator Lois Colcourse. And friends, if you missed our first segment, you can go back and catch it at our podcast, uh, Love Talk, all one word at Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever uh, app you use for your podcast, you can get it there, Love Talk, all one word, or you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com to uh, catch that first segment. Well, friends, I know that we opened um, our first segment with just this in- incredible scripture that really focuses us on uh, service that that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. There's another scripture that I love in First Peter chapter four, uh, verse ten. It says, "Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms." And when we were listening to uh, Senator Colcourse in the first segment, I'm thinking, okay, this is a woman first off with many many exceptional gifts. But she is using all of them for God's glory. And so, Marlene, thank you so much for uh, getting um, uh, getting Senator Colcourse on uh, on the program with us today. Senator, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. We have so many more questions for you. <laughs> well, I wanted to be. With- Go ahead, Senator. Well, it's just great to be with y'all, and um, I've, I've loved getting to know y'all. Truly, great. Well, I want to give the, our listeners just a little bitty short uh, civics lesson, you know, uh, because we have this impression that, uh, number one, all politicians do it for the glory mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. that they're really in it about, you know, making a name for themselves. But I want to make sure that our listeners understand that in Texas, the Constitution was written to create um a weak legislature, a citizen legislature. So they're not career politicians. They make $7,200 a year, and that's capped in our Constitution. And that number hasn't changed in nearly 50 years. So it's, and, and, and to change it, it takes a vote of the people. So it's, um, it's hard to change that number. But, uh, so they're not going to get wealthy just serving in the legislature. And they, and the legislature only meets not every year like in many states or like Congress, but every odd-numbered year for 140 days. And that date is all that number of days is also capped, and that hasn't changed since 1960. So I think it's really important that we understand that that in Texas our founders wanted the legislature to be servants, and that's what our two scripture verses talk about. So given that, and given that um, you, uh, Senator Colcourse, were CEO of the Washington County Chamber of Commerce and the Brenham Economic Development Corporation when you decided to run, why did you decide to do it? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a great, um, that's a great question. And let me say, it's $600 a month before taxes and health insurance. And so, I don't know, I think I net $224 a month or something like that. So obviously, you know, you are a servant legislator and um, you have to have another job. And I think our founding fathers wanted that. They, you know, they wanted us to be there for 140 days, Saturdays and Sundays count. So you start on the second Tuesday of January in the odd number year and it goes 140 straight days. We don't have to meet 100 every day, but... Um, one of the things that our founding fathers wanted was for us to make the laws and then go live under them. And they obviously did not want this to be a financial career. So when you see a state representative or a state senator in Texas, um, they are that all of us have other jobs. So Jimmy and I are small business owners, and I'm, I'm grateful to Jimmy for running our companies when I'm serving the people. But uh the reason I ran, I, I do believe it's a calling. Now, I was a student athlete in college, so it was very competitive. And I, I think 
post-college, I worked athletically at TCU as, as a assistant director of sports information, which is media relations, and then became their marketing director eventually. And then Jimmy and I moved back to Brenham. His, he took over his dad's company, and I worked for the Chamber of Commerce. And it was the Chamber of Commerce that, and the Economic Development Foundation of Brenham that gave me the window through which to view politics. I think it gave me the window, and I, I saw how important that it was to have a voice in the legislature uh, for rural Texas. And so when I ran for office, I took on an incumbent in the primary, and, uh, you know, I, I was very new to politics. I'd never run for office before. And and just I'm a goal setter as well. And, you know, I, I had set some goals, and number 10, you know, it's 10 goals for 12 months, and you don't have to do it on January 1st. You can do it anytime. Just what do I want to accomplish in the next month? And I always go like this. It's God, then family, then career. And my 10th goal, I will never forget that year I wrote down, I first wrote down file for office, and I sat there and I looked at that page and I scratched it out and I said, win the primary, because I knew I had to take on an incumbent. So it was a little bit of a, a call, and for sure it was a calling, I feel, from the Lord. But over time, I've matured in the office, and in the beginning, I think it was my competitive nature that wanted to make a difference for my community. I view it now as more of a servant for my community, and that I seek the Lord in in, in my constituents and what direction they think our state and nation should go. So it's been a very mature process, but it started with the Chamber of Commerce and that window through which to view the importance of having a voice in Austin. Well, I I follow you on Facebook, and so I'm really um, aware of um, kind of some of your thinking, but also – the number of events that you attend across the district, it just it, it um, astounds me at how active you are. I don't I can't say that I know of another lawmaker that is that committed to visiting every part of the district. So I, I commend you on that. But one of the things that I noticed uh, maybe a year or so ago, you started posting uh, pictures where you just stop your vehicle, take a picture from uh, from the landscape, and then post either a thought or a scripture verse with it. And that um, really blessed me. And so uh, you want to talk about that and what it, what you're trying to accomplish with that and, and why you do it? And Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the question. You know, I want to go back to our scripture uh, that I think, Kathy, you read. It's 1 Peter 4.10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I, I want to say to all the listeners that God gives us different, different talents. I always wanted to be a singer, and I cannot <laughs> carry a tune. I cannot, I'm telling you, I cannot get the pitch. I'm a terrible singer, but in church I just sing because I know I'm making a joyful noise to the Lord. But I'm terrible, and I always wanted to be a singer. I said, Lord, if you ever send me back, I want to be an artist. I want to be able to sing. I can't do either one of those. But one of the things that the Lord gave me was a tremendous amount of energy. And, and, and when I say that, drive and energy. You know, the, I, I'd love to – you should see me at a TCU football game. I mean, I am willing a win there, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I played basketball <laughs> like that, and I played golf like that. I was a college golfer, and, and that's why I was never – that's why I didn't make it on the LPGA was because I had too much emotion for golf. But – I, I want to say that I think that the Lord gave me a gift of energy. So when I go out and I, I, I push myself really hard to go meet with the people and talk to the people and listen to the people. So that's one of the things and why I, I travel the district. But the other thing was I started social media when I ran for the Senate in 2014. I really didn't do social media before then. And one of the things we decided was I would post a scripture on Sunday. And um, over time, at first, we just started with kind of that beautiful, like, you can just, you can get them out there on the Internet. You know, it's a visual of something in mountains, and you just put up scripture with it. But over time, I felt like the Lord called me to make it more personal. And I will just tell you all that 
it's in my voice. I write them. I just ask my staff look look for typos or run on sentences. But I I I think that it's just made me. The Lord has placed certain things in my life. So yes, if I'm driving down the road, I have pulled over and taken a many a picture. Or when I'm walking the pasture, I, I find the Lord in nature. I I am a hunter, but what I do most in in the nature is sit and listen and be quiet. And so. Um, the Lord puts certain things on my heart. And I will tell you all that every Sunday I don't have something. Sometimes it's late in the evening when I post and I have to say to the Lord, Lord, what is it you want me to communicate today? And so it, it gives me a chance to know that on Sundays, you know, I, I stop and pause and I, I, I find something that I, I think the Lord wants me to convey. Some of those are more popular than others, but I, I do believe that the Holy Spirit um, puts on my heart what I what I should say. You know, I I absolutely love that. And for those Texans who want to go and get to know you in a more personal way, maybe even to know how to best pray for you, your Facebook page is an just an excellent resource to go straight to to really get to know your heart and what God is putting in front of you and calling you into. And and I have a, a question for you when. You know, you're a woman in the legislature, and so I can't, I, I can't imagine what maybe some different challenges might be there for you, given that. But even just thinking back to when you very first um, uh, got involved in the legislature, you said during our first segment, I think, that you have gotten more comfortable and, and kind of found your stride. But can you maybe talk to some of our listeners who maybe are feeling a pull where, where God is maybe um, calling them into uh, service or to better understand what happens within our legislature? Talk to us about being a woman in the legislature and what kind of even learning curve you had to go through as a new member of the House, as a new member of the Senate. What did that look like? Well, again, thank you for the question. Um, I want to say to all the listeners, and especially to the female listeners out there, um, it is hard to be a career-driven person and be a great mom. Mm-hmm. And for all of you that are out there and struggling with that, you're not alone and don't feel guilty about it. So when I announced for office Lois Kate was 11 months old, the day that I got sworn in, so we went through the process of winning the election. The day that I was sworn in, it was her birthday on January the 9th, 2001. She was two years old. Serving, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few people back then that had ever served with a small child. Jake ended up being an interim baby, and according to how we've researched it, I was only the third woman in Texas history to give birth while serving, being being a lawmaker. There have been several since. Wow. And I really worked on this one thing for your listeners and to all you females out there. This is the most important thing I can ever say. You can be successful and be a career. You know, you, you feel the Lord has called you to be in a career, whether that's, um, I know, Coach, you said one of your former athletes is the president of Black & Decker. Wow, that's really incredible. Or to serve in office or to be not just have uh, a job but also be the volunteer extraordinaire where, you know, after at 5 o'clock then you're, you're going to the PTO meeting and then you're uh, on this nonprofit and you're doing all those things. You can do this if you do this one thing. In this order, you must keep. God first in your life, family second in your life, and then your career. If that pyramid becomes inverted, I have seen it happen to so many lawmakers and other people who have had, you know, very robust careers. Your family life deteriorates. And so there is a many a time that I would get in the car and drive back to Brenham to make that luncheon at Lowe's Kate's kindergarten with her kindergarten class. Uh, there was a many a time when I only slept two hours a night because I was doing this and getting ready to lay out a bill the next day. Um, for me, I was fortunate that I only live 88 miles from Austin. I'm not sure I could have done that from El Paso, but that, you know, again, you know, God has your steps numbered. But to all your listeners, I want to say from the very bottom of my heart that you must, 
it is imperative that you never put your career before your children your or your husband. You never put um, your career before God. Um, it, it, it will burn you out. Uh, you will flame out in some way or another. So um, it's not always been easy. Jimmy, um, as a husband, has been fabulous. Oh, my gosh. You know, he learned how to do Lois Kate's hair back when, you know, those 140 days. <laughs> Lois Kate and I would lay out her clothes on Sunday night. This is what we're going to wear on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, as soon as I could, I would, you know, rush back home. I never spent weekends in Austin. If I did, Jimmy brought the, the, the children up if, if I had to meet during uh, a weekend. But um, having a, a wonderful husband, a, a partner in life, has been such a blessing. He was my biggest fan, and he was understanding when I had demands, and vice versa. His career, us being small business owners, the pressure of that, we each knew our roles, and we were a team getting it done and putting God first. I once asked Jimmy, in, in our business life, we we were nearly broke at one point, and I said, how did we make it? And he looked straight, he looked me straight in the eye, and he'll say it every time, God. We put our trust in God, and he always took care of us. It wasn't maybe the way we thought it was going to be taken care of, but he always, good and faithful servants, it was the right answer. So um, it is not easy doing what we do. And it's not, as Marlene, you know this, it's not the staff that works in Austin. Or if you're involved in your local community, in, in whatever way, it's very demanding, and things can become upside down if you keep God first family second and then your career things will work out amen well i'd like to to switch more to the present right now and i know that committee assignments will shift a little bit once the new session starts and so uh, today's the 14th and so session started last monday so do you see your committee assignments shifting in this new session well, for the listeners, and you've given a couple of civic lessons in the Senate, um, the power of committee assignments is vested in the lieutenant governor. In the House, it's vested in the Speaker of the House. You all know that we're having the inauguration on the 17th. So technically, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Governor Abbott are not sworn in until the 17th of January. Yes. And after that, then we do expect committee assignments. Uh, many times the Senate gets started a little more quickly than the House. Um, our rules are a bit different. By the Constitution, you can hear no bill on the House or Senate floor for the first 60 days of session unless it is an emergency uh, designated item by the governor of the state of Texas or, two, you suspend the constitutional rule, which is very rarely done. So isn't it funny that our founding fathers didn't want us to pass a whole lot of bills because out of the 140 days, as Marlene, you said, every other year, there's there's 60 of them that you can't even pass a a bill. So you're down to 80 days. I look for Lieutenant Governor Patrick uh, to – we have a number of new members – both Republican and Democrat, that will be freshman senators. I do look for him to make different changes in committees. I, 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 I've been, it's been indicated that I will continue as chair of Health and Human Services, and I'm honored to do that. I, I certainly want to continue to serve on the Finance Committee. Uh, Joan Huffman is the chairman. I'm very proud to work with her and serve in that capacity. And uh, then, you know, I, as you mentioned, I'm on a number of committees right now. I've asked the lieutenant governor to shrink those down somewhat so that I can be a little more focused on uh, getting some things done and we can spread the workload to some of our new members. And I know they are eager to go to work. So um, I serve at, you know, the pleasure of the lieutenant governor of where he thinks he can best utilize my talent. And uh, whatever assignment I get, I'm going to go to work and get it done, and I'm going to work really hard and give it everything I got. Wow. I can only imagine if you're giving it everything you got, some big things are are going to happen there. So I'll be looking forward to Marlene keeping us updated on all of this. And so, Senator Colcourse, when you're talking, I think that a lot of our listeners – they kind of maybe look at state government as somehow independent of uh, everything else that happens in the citizenry. And as you and Marlene have given some civic lessons, 
that is exactly exactly the opposite of how our um, our founding fathers intended when they were putting the government together. So can you maybe give me some idea and help our listeners understand about as um, as Texans, as a constituents, how can we help? What difference can we make? How can we step forward? I know that, um, Marlene, you were just given uh, an appointment by government, uh, Governor Abbott uh, to um, for the One Star Foundation. So congratulations to you on that Go and, and stepping forward in, in service. How what what can we do is just, you know, the general listeners who are listening and, and seeing themselves very detached from this process. How can you tell us how it is that we're not actually detached? You are not detached. And, and we may feel very detached from Washington, D.C. You are not here in the Texas legislature. We have a number, you know, bills are filed and then they are given hearings. And in Texas. You can come testify for or against a bill. Isn't that incredible? Like you can you can go on the website of the Texas Senate or the Texas House. You can see the different committees, what bills they're seeing. that will take you to the link, and you can say, like, for example, I'm a big private property rights person. I want to testify on that bill that Lowe's Cole Course is pro-private property rights, and she's, you know, fighting some of these companies that just – are trying to take our land. And I've had people come down and testify from Dallas or all over the state of Texas. I didn't know them at all. They weren't my constituents, but they saw that I was, I was filing this bill. So when I say I sound animated, it makes a difference when you come and testify. And you might only get three minutes, but I want to tell you something. You can say a lot in three minutes. And then if you're asked a, a question, you can continue to testify. The other way is you can call your state senator or state representative. You can email your state rep or state senator. You can write a letter and mail it to it to us. I look at all of those things. And let me give you all an example. I'm crafting a bill right now. Met with a family whose child died of a fentanyl. I mean, she was, it, was, the, 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 it was a drug overdose. And I'm working right now to make it a crime for drug-induced homicide. And and I just want you to know that that came from my constituent and their their passionate plea to say the number one killer of young people right now under the age of, of 39 is fentanyl and this crisis that we have. And so I'm working on bills from that idea. I get ideas from constituents who meet with me, who meet with staff. So. You have the ability. Our office is wide open. You can walk in and come and talk to us. I'm not always in the office because I'm in committee hearings or I'm in meetings. But when you're talking to one of my staffers, our staffers in Senate District 18, you're talking to us. And I know that most lawmakers feel the very same way. So you have the absolute ability to communicate with us. And I, for one, listen to those. Anytime I'm voting on a bill, I go, how many phone calls have we gotten on this? Where are those phone calls? What are people saying? So I, I get really animated about this because I believe that state government still works for the people. And and I would confirm all of all of that from the other side of the table in that, I mean, I have testified at hearings in Washington, D.C., but those are by invitation only, you, an, an out. Uh, a public member can't just go and speak before a committee, but they can in Texas, and it can make a difference. So, Senator, if um, you know, if if I don't know much about about politics or about what's going on with the legislature, but I, you know, maybe want to find out what you're doing. How do I? What kind of website? Um, how do I find how to call you, email you, or send you a letter? How do I find that? Yeah, that's great. You can just Google my name. There'll be a lot of things that pop up. You know, I have a website that's a political website, but we also, you can go to the Texas Senate. There is a, like, District 18. You can go directly to that. It it is easily accessed, whether we call that the District 18 inbox, lois.coforce at senate.texas.gov is another way to do that. That's a lot because spelling my name is hard. Just Google and you will find it okay. and you will find there's different avenues to get to us. Our our phone number is posted right there. 
Um, and then, again, you know, on Facebook, I read a lot of the comments. That's not the greatest way to communicate with me, but there is occasional. I screenshot it and send it to the staff and go, what is this? Did we not, you know, did we answer his question? Or, you know, man, this is a great bill idea. But the best way is to, to truly email or write a letter calling, you know, I'm not for Senate Bill X. You know, we register you in constituent management, uh, and we know uh, and we track that that kind of information. So, like Marlene said, very different than the United States Congress. Okay, excellent. Well, friends, I, this is a wealth of information uh, with Senator Lois Colcourse, and we're so grateful that she's here. We have one more segment with the senator uh, here on Left Talk. We're going to hear from our wonderful sponsors, and we will return to you right after this short break with Senator Colcourse right here you on Left Talk. You are still listening to the Love Ladies right here on Love Talk, and we're so grateful that you are with us today on the Bridge Austin or however you are listening to us, maybe on your favorite podcast or on the archives. We love that we have options for you now, um, and that is just such a blessing. We are talking today with Texas Senator Lois Colcourse, a longtime member of the Texas legislature, and she is really giving us great information and insight on God's command over her life, her calling over her life to serve others and how she has done that so faithfully and uh, kind of her life uh, motto of God, family, and career and keeping those things in order. Well, as we talk about this um, this session Senator of the legislature, what are some of the key issues that you feel will uh, come before you guys this session and what must get done before the legislature can go home? Great question. Um, the Constitution says that the only budget, uh, the only bill that we have to pass is a balanced budget. Um, very unlike Washington, D.C. again, <laughs> they can do deficit spending. We cannot hear. So that is the, it's always the number one issue of every session. I know Marling would agree is that you have to, you have to pass your General Appropriations Act. This year it's a historic surplus. I mean, historic surplus. Now, in Texas, we have constitutional spending limits. I'm on the legislative budget board. I voted recently for what that number was. So we will not spend all of that historic budget, and I think that's extremely wise because we never know what happens in the economy going out. So I would say that uh, we have to focus on being very careful and how we spend that money and not building bigger government that you have to fund in the future that you may not have money for, but rather take the surplus and invest it in one-time expenditures where you're making an investment in your infrastructure that will affect so many people's lives, whether that's roads, flood control, water. Um, you, you, you look at broadband. You look at uh, things like the electrical grid. So I would tell you that we have to stay there until we get the budget passed. But number two, I brought up the electrical grid, and we, we, we saw what happened uh, two years ago this February with uh, losing power for a number of reasons during winter storm URI. We've made adjustments. We've passed a lot of good bills that last session in the 87th, but now we need to move forward with building out more base load, what I call base load, dispatchable energy, which is – most often thought of as a natural gas plant. It, it can come in the form of nuclear. It takes a long time to do nuclear. I think Texas A&M is doing some great research on what we call these mini nuclear, mini nuclear units. But again, uh, we cannot go home without a plan on how we are going to shore up the electrical grid with more dispatchable, what I refer to as base load. So that, um, another big priority of Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, which I completely agree with as Chair of Health and Human Services, is our mental health transformation bill that I'll be carrying, uh, making investments on mental health beds, uh, looking at how we can reduce the wait list for some of our mental hospitals. And then what's the step down? How do you help people that have had that psychotic event and, and moving them through the process uh, to the next, you know, the, the, the mental health providers that are step downs from that to then get back to, you know, your, your, your regular everyday life. And so uh, there'll be a very big focus on mental health. Uh, for me as Chair of Health and Human Services, there will also be working on our uh, workforce, our healthcare workforce shortage that we've seen post-pandemic and that we have to produce more nurses. We have to produce more of our therapists. We have to produce more um, of 
our doctors to, to, to fill the needs that we're seeing out there. So these are just some of the highlights. I, I, I again believe that we will go back and look at COVID-19 lessons uh, and and there there's some great concern about those mandates. I, I don't believe in, in vaccination mandates. I think that should be the choice of you and your doctor. So we'll put some things in place to protect the people on those choices. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we, we do have to look at the border and the human trafficking uh, crisis that we have. It's a it's a human uh, it, it, the human trafficking, the drug trafficking, uh, this is a crisis, and our, our federal government and the current administration have failed us in that regard. So Texas must step up and do those things. So those are just some of the highlights, continuing to uh, work on issues uh, with education and how we educate our young people and making sure that um, there is not this wokeism that is pushed down their throats. We've got to reject that. Um, I, I just want to say, and I know this is a short, short segment in, in this part of the program, but sometimes and you've looked at our, our world in the last two to four years, and it, 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 it just is almost depressing. Like, you feel like, are we the only ones, like, still, you know, focused on God and, and, and Christian values and right and wrong and, you know, step, step, stomping out? you know, sin and the Lord loves us and and we are forgiven by grace, but um, the world has become very dark and I ebb and flow in this, oh, we can do this. And then sometimes I feel defeated. And, and I I think that's, that's nothing more than Satan wanting me to feel defeated because we can win this war, but we have to battle. We are in a battle. And so I do not, I, I definitely want the listeners to know, that that is in the forefront of my mind, of what we've seen, um, the progression of darkness. That's the only way that I can describe it, and that the only thing that dispels darkness is light. And so that will be first and foremost on the front of my mind. Well, as you say that, you know, you you certainly have um, three nodding heads in agreement Mm -hmm. over here. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, what? how can we as Christians um, now – for me, on the outside, uh, what do we pray for you? What do we pray for the legislature? And um, you know, we're we're seeing, uh, or we saw in in Congress, just the effort to get a speaker in the House mm-hmm. is is remarkable. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's such disagreement. So, how do we how do we pray, Senator? Um, you know, I think the number one thing is to pray and to to pray for. Um, the Holy Spirit um, to really move the hearts of our leaders and to give them courage. Um, you, you look at today's world of um, Twitter. Y'all will notice we talked about Facebook. I don't tweet a lot. Um, I'm grateful for Elon Musk and him buying Twitter and maybe cleaning up some things. And But you look at the voices that were suppressed on Twitter. And, um, my gosh, you talk about darkness. Wow. That was you know that that was well, that was darkness. You know, um, evil was flourishing there. Um, you look at—I know I follow somebody that talks about the human trafficking, the children human trafficking, and how Elon Musk was able to like eliminate so many of those hashtags and and different Twitter sites that were trafficking children. So I I would ask everyone in listening to pray for courage uh, for our leaders uh, to to. Not worry about getting canceled, but to have Christ in their heart and to follow that lead, to follow the Holy Spirit, to have an awakening, to pray for that renaissance, for that awakening, to help us spread the good news. Um, look, you know, look back at, at Jesus' disciples and their fear when Christ was killed and crucified on the cross and how they were, you know, cloistered in that room and scared. And, you know, over time they had the courage to go out and spread the good news. And and, and, and you look at, at, at Paul, Saul, who became Paul, and his servitude, servant um, of how he traveled and he spread the good news. We we have to do that. So I'm I'm praying for the hearts of our leaders and to give them courage and to give them um, faith and to seek the Lord in what we're doing to move forward. Um, I don't know. Do, do y'all want to add anything to that? Because I'm grasping because I know that yeah. the time I is mean, now. We have to amen. we have to march forward. 
Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. And Coach Carrie and Marlene, I don't know if you remember when David Barton, the head of Wall Builders, was on the program. And we asked him, you know, can you like just uh, just simplify it? What what are the things that we need to really step forward and and uh, step up? He said, basically, right now, we need two things passion and courage. Absolutely. And I I think that's exactly what I hear you saying, Senator, is that we need, you've used the words awakening, renaissance. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we need that passion, that that fire within our hearts to step up and stand up and speak up and uh, the courage to do that. And I think to just be willing to, as you say, reject the wokeism and knowing that there are individuals who are hurting and who are desperate and who need to hear um, the, the, you know, truth with grace, but truth nonetheless. Well, and I, Amen. I'm reminded of, Amen. you know, Romans eight twenty six says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And Senator, we just pray that for you. I mean, for the courage and the strength and, um, you know, the Lord knows your heart and we will be lifting you up as you step into this um, this session. And mm. we pray for courage uh, for you, Senator. Thank you so much for being with us today here on Love Talk. Amen. Thank you all. And let's let's pray. Um, you know, where two or more are gathered, uh, we can move. The, the Bible promises that you can move a mountain, and that's what we have to do now. We have to start moving these mountains. Amen. 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 That is exactly right. Well, well friends, I, I cannot believe that we are at the end of uh, our third session. This hour has gone by so fast. We've had a wonderful time with you. We hope that today's been encouraging for you, inspiring for you, and that you're ready to uh, step into this weekend and prepare to step out next week to be more connected to what God is doing in you and through you and in the community that he's placed you in. Friends, we love you. We're so glad to be with you every week. If you need to get a hold of us, you can call the Love Line at 512-644-7972. would be our joy to send you a Bible. Connect to a church. Friends, today is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday. Connect to a church. Find a place that you can um, just hug on people and hear God's Word being opened every week. And uh, for this week, this is going to wrap us up, and we'll look forward to being with you next week. I'm Kathy Endebrock from uh, Coach Carrie Brinkader and Marlene McMichael. Thank you for listening to Love Talk, and we'll be again with we'll be with you again next Saturday at 10 a.m.